open to Maths Talk by Anson Schools, where conversations in maths become part of your professional learning. My name's Leanne McMahon. Today's podcast is brought to you by AMSI's very own series of textbooks, the ICE-M Books. That stands for the International Centre for Excellence in Mathematics. The ICE-M Mathematics series develops a clear understanding of mathematical ideas and concepts for students with a range of abilities, needs and levels of interest. The textbooks have been developed to provide a coherent and solid development of mathematics ideas to support the transition from primary to secondary school. You can find more information about the ISM books at schools.amc.org.au or click on the link in our show notes. Contact me if you want to talk about them and how you could use them in your classroom. So now, on with the podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Marcus Garrett. A learning solutions designer whose job it is to design and build digital and online learning solutions for business clients with RMIT Online here in Melbourne. If you've listened to the show for a while, though, you might also remember Marcus as a fellow co-host of Maths Talk. Marcus was a Choose Maths Outreach Officer with me, working here at AMSI up until about July 2020. And I might add a maths education guru. And I'm so excited to get the band back together today. Welcome, Marcus. Hi, Leanne. It's lovely to be back. I'm not quite sure how comfortable I am to be described as a maths education guru. but oh, um, You are to me. So, Marcus, can you share with us where you are now, what you've been doing, and how you come to be talking to us today? On behalf of your new employer, RMIT yeah. Online. Yeah, thanks, Leanne. Well, I, as you know, I worked with AMC up until 2020, and... Throughout a lot of my career, I've been in and out of teacher professional learning. So uh, as well as working in schools, I've also worked around adult education. Um, Around about July 2020, during the pandemic, I made a bit of a change and started working for a couple of registered training organisations through my own business and got into learning design. So that was just, I guess, a just a, a natural career transition for me. One thing led to another, and I find myself now working in a learning design position with RMIT Online, which I'm enjoying immensely. So really working full-time in adult education now. Yeah, so it, it, why why I'm here today, I guess, RMIT Online have a really great industry partnership with Deloitte in Australia. And one of the things that we collaborate on is the occasional research white paper It's prepared by Deloitte Access Economics. One of our recent white papers was released a little earlier in the year. It was called Ready, Set, Upskill. And I read it and I I really thought, wow, there's so much in here that's relevant to the kind of stuff we were doing in Choose Maths, just around the importance of mathematics as an underpinning skill for a lot of career areas. The report really drilled down into what's happening with the emergence of new skill areas of demand in the labour market in the Australian economy. So... I was looking at the report, my original teaching area was economics, and I just thought, look, you know, I'm a bit of a nerd about this stuff. I read the report and I thought, this is so relevant, I'd love to have a chat about how how this stuff impacts on maths education. Okay, so how does it impact on maths education? Well, you know, maths and the kind of numeracy and digital mindsets that are underpinned by maths are still the key to unlocking opportunities for young people in the labour market. And that's, I guess, a key theme that came through in the Ready, Set, Upskill report. You know, really important opportunities in life, but also really important um, for the Australian economy right now. Okay. So before we get into 
what it has to do with maths and teaching maths, which is what we're all really interested in. We do want to know, what are the, some of the findings from that report? Yeah, well, um, Deloitte Access Economics and RMIT Online did some research and, and the research concluded that one of the biggest emerging skill needs for the Australian economy remains digital skills. By that, we don't just mean, you know, the capacity to use computers or, com- or computer software, but rather, you know, the data and data interpretation skills that give people the confidence and the capacity to, to make data-driven decisions and to solve problems, uh, particularly complex problems in the real world. Mm, that's interesting because when you first said digital skills, I didn't think in terms of mathematics. Yeah, just computing. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. and I think when we talk in classrooms about digital skills, I don't think anyone really equates it to maths. So we hear this about complex problems a lot, that the M in STEM underpins the whole lot. But can you give us some examples of that? Yeah, so for example, between 2017 and 2020, the top growing occupations were actually in the health sector. It's probably no surprise having been through a a worldwide pandemic, but also speech pathologists, emergency medicine specialists, and that's based on the percentage change between 2017 and 2020. And of course, you know, higher levels of maths in senior school are pretty much, if not requirements, they definitely assume knowledge before undergrad students start to try and tackle the science and particularly the statistical concepts that are really fundamental to to those areas of, of study and professional work. You know, research we did back in 2021 also found that during COVID-19, jobs with programming skills, mathematics, technology, design, and interestingly, analysing data or information were among the fastest growing occupations. We also did surveys that in, informed the paper where employees themselves were asked about their roles and they identified web app and software development, data science and analysis, and coding or programming which, as you know, is you know, very much based on the kind of logical mathematical skills um, that, that kids learn in, in higher levels of maths. So that, that are some of the most in-demand skills in the economy. Mm. Well, as you mentioned about high-level maths, we've mentioned in previous episodes, recent and regular research by ANSI has shown that enrolments and participation in higher levels of senior secondary maths is now, sadly at some of its lowest levels in history. And that remains especially the case for young women in those subjects. Now, what sort of impact do those continued low participation rates in higher levels of maths in Australia impact on the kinds of insights from RMIT Online and Deloitte's white paper? Well, you know, I mean, 87% of jobs in Australia now require digital literacy skills. We know that there are serious skill shortages in the Australian labour market. We've seen that in the papers. We've seen, you know, that the impact of that on things like you know, supply chains and feeding through into inflation. So we're really used in Australia to be able to import high-level mathematical or data-related skill sets from overseas to basically meet those growing needs. But obviously COVID and closed borders over the last couple of years have had a massive impact on that. So as we try and make a recovery from... What, what was going to be the COVID-19 recession and these current supply shortages have started to bite. Um, Deloitte Access Economics Research tells us that Australia will need 156,000 more digital technology workers by 2025. And to put that into perspective, that's about one in four jobs created between now and then. So mm. it's it's really an area of, of labour market need. And, you know, we're at the same time we're looking at some of the lowest levels of higher maths uptake 
that, that we've ever faced. Yeah, that's a bit depressing. Mm. I mean, that's a fairly bleak message to be communicating to young people if you're a careers teacher or a maths teacher in high school. Yeah, well, yes and no. Um, it's also, I guess, a massive opportunity for young people. So, you know, if I was 16 right now, I'd be going, well, what's something I can do that'll do some good in the world in terms of helping me to solve some of the huge and tricky problems that, that we're facing? You know, energy gen- generation, coping with climate change, addressing, you know, massive public health issues like the one we've just been through. But also, what could I do to help secure my future? Mm. And of course, the message that high level maths is just too hard for me is one you and I have both been fighting against for the good part of a decade. And so the response that I could never be smart enough to do the maths to get me into those kind of jobs doesn't really resonate, correct? Well, I often give myself as a case study for that. Uh, you know, I studied advanced maths in senior school as well as economics, and uh, maths was my lowest scoring subject at the HSC in New South Wales, and economics my second lowest. Nevertheless, you know, I, I still trained in economics, taught economics, worked in labour market policy roles. Um, I taught maths in primary and lower secondary schools, and I've worked as a maths education consultant. So I'm now working in a new career as a learning designer and the kind of logical, digitally enabled skill set I've now retrained myself in also uses mathematical thinking and, and, and logic all the time. So, you know, not to mention, I do love a good spreadsheet. Oh, yes, we all know that. <laughs> Maths was my worst subject in year 12 yeah. as well. And I've gone along a fairly similar career path, majoring in biology, but it's amazing how much maths is in the biological mm. sciences and it's got more these days with, with genetic engineering and epidemiology of naturally COVID, but other diseases as well. Mm. So what does this tell us about the whole you have to be fast at maths and it has to come naturally to you myth that holds so many kids back from having a crack at higher maths? Look, I, I, I still I still fight this argument with, with friends. You know, quite often I get the lie. Oh, you used to be a maths consultant. You should know the answer to this. And I'm not a fast mathematician. <laughs> I, it takes me time to solve problems. But um, I just I just feel like it's not just young people who are held back from having a crack at mathematics, but it's adults as well. Students and employees, uh, the, you know, the, they're, they're doing courses and training, like the kind of future skills programs we offer at RMIT online, to try and meet these digital skill needs. But Evidence suggests that it won't be enough to fill the gap because still people are, I guess, a little afraid to, you know, if I haven't done high-level maths, I'm not going to be good at this. I won't be able to do it. I'm not a maths person. So it's frustrating, but I just think we just have to keep chipping away at those societal attitudes. Mm. Yes, it is frustrating. And as I said, fast maths, is it's, it's not a thing. Yeah. Problem and solving, that's not a fast thing. Solving complex problems t- takes time, you know. A quarter of folks surveyed for Ready, Set, Upskill reported their data analysis skills are not at the level required or are outdated compared with their employer's requirements. More than half of Australians have little to no understanding of coding or blockchain or artificial intelligence and data visualisation. Really, I think it's because we mythologise this stuff. We make it seem like it's the preserve of the uber smart. Is it hard? Yep, absolutely. But so is being a frontline health worker. Um, you know, so, so is being a classroom teacher. There's a lot of things that we do are hard, but it can be learned. And it doesn't really matter what your age is or your current ocupa- occupation, 100% it can be learned. Yep. So what can we do about this as teachers, as governments, as parents, as individuals to address these skill gaps and attract more young people into mathematically enabled study 
and then careers. Yeah, and I, look, I actually don't think it's just the job of teachers. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> look, this is personal view, but I really get tired of the readiness of the media and governments and conversations in the pub. That you know, the quick conclusion as well: schools and teachers have to do X, Y, and Z. Pardon the pun to do this. Um, I actually think teachers are trying to address this, but I think really what's needed is a culture change in Australia, one which faces up to the fact that, and this is a finding that that is also in the report, digital skills can boost an employee's salary by an extra $7,700 per year on average. Mm. So that's a big incentive for people to rethink their attitude to mathematics, I think. Mm. You know, companies, governments, parents not only need to think about the encouragements and incentivization that they're providing, not only to young people entering tertiary education, but also to current employees who are thinking about judging up their skill sets within their current roles. So not just young people coming through the pipeline, but people in the workforce also who who just want to do something new and something different. You've sort of blown my mind about this clear salary advantage to having digital skills. That is data management mm-hmm. and the ability to use digital technologies to enable better planning and problem solving? Mm. Yeah, but know what that means, though. It's not to say employees who are advanced theoretical mathematicians have boosted salary of, of an average 7700 mm-hmm. It's It's any occupation in which employees are able to add to their skill set that of digital and data skills. So if you're, in a health, mm-hmm. if you're a health professional, you know, turbocharge your work with some continuing professional development in data management for health professionals. If you're a retail manager, turbocharge your work with some training in e-commerce, which of course includes analytics and interpretation of customer data. And all of that starts with a willingness and confidence to have a crack at returning to some of the maths concepts that you worked on back at school, even if, like me, it didn't really gel for you back then. Mm. So for mathematics education in Australia and the decision makers about maths education, what are the key messages in the report? There's heaps of ways in which companies and education institutions and governments can positively influence the current situation. Organisations can definitely consider offering training opportunities for their staff to, to continue to grow and adapt. And that includes new employees coming fresh from secondary school or undergraduate education, regardless of whether they have a mathsy background. Can you provide any examples of that kind of retraining opportunity or professional learning opportunity that would help current employees, and I include teachers in this, mm. to upskill with data-related training? Yeah, of course, you know, invitation to have a bit of a plug, but there's lots of really great short courses around, like the Future Skills and Future Skills Express courses we offer at RMIT Online that can give folks a taste of subjects like data analytics and data management. It's a really manageable way of dipping your toes in the water and discovering that there's really no need to be terrified of words like data and analytics. (laughs) Uh, They're just tools and they're just ways of helping us make ordered, evidence-driven decisions in business and all manner of occupational areas. And, you know, as an an ex-chalky myself, I'd thoroughly recommend these programs for teachers if they'd also like to turbocharge the way they, they do their work. Well, we have a lot of data in teaching. We have to, even more so, every year there's more and more data that we have to deal with. It's not just numbers. There's a story behind the numbers. Mm. All, all numbers doing is giving us information to, to create a story and create a message and help make good decisions. So providing courses and programs like that for employees can be a strategy to retain workers 
But reskilling and upskilling can also help businesses and, and schools meet current skill needs and, and reduce the impact of losing experienced staff. Mm. I want to get on to governments, but just before I do, I want you, and this is a question without notice, yep. I want you to talk about teaching this data analytics in classrooms. Yeah, I have found, and I don't know about you, but we have a very crowded curriculum and often the thing to go is statistics and data. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> As you know, because you've, you've, you've worked with me around this, I strongly feel that the statistics component of maths curricula is, is not big enough. And the reason for that is because it's such a rich applied area of mathematics and kids can immediately see where maths impacts on the, on the real world. Mm. And not only that, but data analytics and statistics are a way of visually seeing you know, I talked about the story behind the data, so visually seeing what that story is is saying about a population or about a customer base or about, you know, the, the movement of a, of, of a pandemic, you know, of disease in a pandemic, you can see it, it's visual. So if you're a visual learner, it's a great way of making maths come alive and, and seeing what those patterns are and saying, hey, this can actually help us make really good decisions. In the tutoring that I've been doing, they've just finished probability and statistics unit. And I was stunned by the results that some of these students got that wouldn't even engage with algebra, but actually got involved in this data analysis, statistics, probability. It's all connected, but it's so much more relevant to them than the algebra. Yeah, that's right. And of course, you know, algebra, when, when we show kids that algebra is another way of making good decisions, like, mm-hmm. you know, we plug numbers into a, you know, into an equation and, and that equation can help us make predictions. That, that was actually where maths first came alive for me, mm-hmm. was actually going to uni, doing a course in economics and going, oh my gosh, I, I get what this is for now. Yeah. This, is, this is actually about not making perfect decisions, but making informed decisions and being able to predict what might happen if you change some of the, you know, some of some of the the inputs, if you, mm, if you like. Mm. At um, at the risk of sounding like a Marxist, I um, <laughs> had a group of uh, year five sixes maybe that we did growing pattern activity mm. and then predicted what's going to happen in the future. Yep. And I actually said to them, you know, this is how we predict things like climate change mm. and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And they were blown right. away. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. Exactly. So getting back to governments, uh, what about governments and educational authorities? How could they help address the data and mathematically related skill issues that RMIT Online and Deloitte have highlighted? Well, you know, governments also have a critical role to play as well as, as, well as companies. Current initiatives are absolutely heading in the right direction, but governments can continue to invest more in programs to help mid-career professionals to find new data-enabled vocations. You know, to just really incentivise um, this so that people have the courage to retrain. Um, some of the challenges detected in, in the report are cyclical, you know, part of what's happening now in the economy post-COVID with the war in Ukraine. But most of the challenges are part of, you know, underlying transformations that will continue to challenge us as a country regardless of where we are in, you know, the economic cycle. And so, um, you know, just being aware that the skill set of the labour market, and more importantly, the attitudes towards, um, you know, data, towards mathematics, towards those kind of more sciencey, mathsy 
careers is going to be really important to us as a country meeting those challenges. Mm. Well, the key message of our work back in the Choose Maths days really hasn't changed. We really do need good, high-quality maths education and a national culture that really values mathematical thinking and skill sets to face the future in the best way as possible. Mm, 100%. So what you've said, Marcus, is really interesting. And for those perhaps mid-career teachers who really want to know more about the data analysis that you're talking about, how would they get in touch with you or, you know, these courses that, you, that you've discussed? Yeah, so if you jump onto the RMIT online website, our courses obviously are what they say they are. They're, on, they're online. So there are product sets that we have on our website called Future Skills. Mm-hmm. And we also have Future Skills Express courses. There are contact details on that website. People can enrol just as a student. Alternately, if you're a manager and you want to upskill a group of staff in your organisation. So, for example, we, we've had clients make inquiries about moving a set of staff across from one area, say, um, you know, customer response or customer-facing customer staff into areas of data management and data analytics. And they've come to us and said, what kind of solutions can you offer? So we, we can actually help design and build those kind of solutions around some of the course content we've already got, but also creating new content. The good thing about uh, RMIT Online is we have really strong industry partnerships. Mm-hmm. So we're able to collaborate with other organisations who are able to share their experience and share the way that they are making some of those shifts with their with their workforce as well. Yeah, so if people are interested, they can just go to our website, which is www.rmitonline, all one word, rmitonline.edu.au and You'll see our full uh, range of short course offerings there, but also other accredited courses in the areas that we've talked about today. Great. Well, we'll put some links onto the show notes so that you can find that website pretty easily. And if you're looking for further information on teaching data analysis, statistics, probability, and all of that sort of thing, feel free to head to the AMSI Calculate website. Again, that'll be in the show notes. Well, That's about all that we've got time for today. And I'd like to say the biggest thank you to my colleague, Marcus. It's been an absolute joy to spend the time with you talking maths again. Yeah, I've missed it. I was very excited about doing this today. So thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And Marcus is a living, breathing example of what doing higher level maths can do for you. Just get in there, do it. You don't have to be an absolute genius at it, but you work your way through And the diversity in Marcus's career is based on having done that mathematics at year 12. And I think that's really important. Mm. So thanks very much. Yeah, cheers, Leanne. Happy to be a case study. If you'd like any further information about anything that Marcus has talked about today or would like to catch up with me about the ICM textbooks, check out our website at calculate.org.au. And all of the links to today's episode will be in the show notes, so check those out. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.